0: Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, June 17th, 2012. I have to start out by reminding you guys that I'm moving, and next week there's definitely going to be no video component. I'm still going to try really, really hard (laughs) to talk about the show next week, you know how moving is, it's crazy, Uh, but I know I won't have the video thing set up, but I still should have my microphone, and I can't see myself going for a week without talking about YNR, so definitely no video, but probably an audio, not guaranteed, but probably an audio, um, and it may be early, it may be late, probably won't be on Sunday, but it's possible. <laughs> uh, long and short, <laughs> next week is a little bit up in the air, but I will say I will say something no matter what. I don't think it's possible that I couldn't because I am living for YNR right now and the things are heating up. Next week is gonna be the week. I can tell. <laughs> why, oh why, does YNR have to, co- can, why can't they coordinate <laughs> their sweepsea type weeks around my schedule? That would be much more preferred, but whatever. It's a good show right now. There's some really good news and bad news for Phyllis and Nick fans out there. The bad news first, Phyllis lost the baby. She miscarried. I I thought she'd have a healthy baby. I really wasn't expecting that to happen, and I feel horrible that that happened to her. Nobody deserves to lose a child. People, I think, have mixed reactions on Phyllis's character in and of herself, but still, that shit doesn't mean that, even if you dislike her, that doesn't mean that she deserved to lose her baby. It's a sad and horrible thing that happened. What I think is a problem for Phyllis is that she is blaming Daisy for her losing the child. And it's not Daisy's fault that Phyllis miscarried. I'm sorry. It's just not. And I think that Phyllis sees it that way. Sometimes it's just easier to blame someone else than to accept responsibility because Phyllis was responsible for taking care of herself. I'm not saying that Phyllis, it was Phyllis's fault that she lost the child by any means, but Phyllis didn't take care of herself the way she should have. The moment that she realized she was pregnant, it was a high-risk pregnancy at that. She was supposed to never be able to have a child again. Summer was a miracle baby. The moment that she realized she was pregnant, she should have stepped back. She should have said, all right, I need to focus on myself. Obviously, she cares about her son. She recognized Daisy as a dangerous threat right away, even though it was her fault that Daisy came back into town. Phyllis baited Daisy and brought her back into town. But she realized that Daniel was headed down this path with, you know, marrying Daisy and Phyllis wanted to stop it. She wanted to. She used her whole heart, soul, and body to try to stop Daniel from making that mistake, which we all knew was a mistake. Still, once she realized she was pregnant, she should have stepped back and let Daniel live his own life. You can't make other people see that they're making a mistake. there'd be other people are going to do whatever other people are going to do. She could have counseled Daniel. She could have approached him in any number of different ways without throwing herself right into the middle of this ring of fire that is Daisy. And I think that she sees that now. I think she sees that that was the mistake. She paid the ultimate price for it. I don't think that It's anyone's fault, though, that it happened, that she miscarried. It just happened. I really agree with Nick in that way. That was what he told her right off the bat. It's not Daisy's fault. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's just something that happened. And I am really impressed with how supportive Nick is being right now. He's hurting, too. And he is doing everything he can to support her. By the way, Michelle Stafford, she is so professional. She's so professional. She is truly gifted at what she does, because just watch, if you hone in on her and really watch her, I feel every emotion that she's going through. You could see it right on her face. She doesn't seem fake at all. These are some big scenes. She is ang. There's just some big emotions. She's angry. She's crazy. She's heartbroken. She's thrilled. She's so got the range of emotions down and I don't and I don't think for a moment that it's fake. It's uh, I'm in I'm in every moment with her. It's just been a really, really good week with her. And it wasn't all bad news. There was some good news in there too. Nick and Phyllis decided to get married anyway. Nick found her on the floor writhing in pain, tried to get her into the ambulance. She knew she had miscarried right away, and they had their pain, they had their grieving, and they decided that we need to be together through this. We need to stick together through this. And even though we're not going to go through with the wedding that we had planned, with all the guests that we had planned, let's just do it. Let's just make it happen. Right here in the living room. They called Catherine over, and she... Officiated over their little ceremony. It was only family. It was Phyllis and Nick and Summer and Daniel and Noah. Only the kids were there, just the close family. And I thought that was better anyway. I thought that that was the kind of wedding that they really should have had in the first place. Just close family. It's only about them and their commitment. It, you know, without all of the drama of. Sharon showing up at the wedding, or Victor and Nikki's uh, quarreling. It, it should have just been them in the first place. It was nice to see them there with their family. Uh, the ceremony was short and sweet, and their vows were meaningful, and... Catherine did an awesome job as being the uh, the the what what the, what do you call her? She's not a justice of the peace. She's just a she's the the she's new Genoa City's newest and only <laughs> marriage pronouncer. <laughs> and I love Catherine so much, but. I had to admit, and I loved what she was saying, but I had to admit that there was this moment after and Nick said their vows that Catherine stood there proselytizing, going on and on about what she thinks marriage is and what faithfulness is, while Nick and Phyllis are standing there looking at each other like... Are we going to get to kiss? (laughs) We just want to (laughs) kiss. We don't want to listen to your speech, Catherine. (laughs) But she did it anyway. (laughs) And eventually they kissed and their marriage was official. And everyone was happy. It was very sweet. Total side note. Do you guys have any opinions on Summer? The new Summer? They've aged her significantly. I don't think we've seen enough to be able to judge. I personally don't have any opinions formed on her yet. I want to give her a chance. I think we all should give her a chance. She's much younger than me. I don't necessarily have a connection to that generation. (laughs) So the way she talks, the way she was ragging on Noah, just being a little bit spoiled and just young, you know, it it doesn't necessarily connect with me, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything bad. I'm not going to judge her when I haven't really seen what the actress can do. I'm open to it. I hope you guys are open to it. But if you're not, please feel free. Just because I'm not going to rag on her doesn't mean you can't. So feel free (laughs) to leave your comments or, you know, positive comments. And, um, again, just side noting a little bit more. Fen is back into town this week. I'm sure Summer and Fen are going to end up in a romance. Don't you think? As soon as... As soon as Phyllis and Michael had children right around the same time, I always thought, well, they're gonna you know, they're gonna get together eventually. At least they can be friends. But there's really nobody else in town around their age group. So they Summer and Fenn are either gonna have to be friends or romantically involved or something. Something's gonna have to go down. I am looking forward to Fenn a little bit more. We've seen even less from him than we have from Summer, but I think he seems like a good casting choice. He hasn't said a lot, but I think he looks like Michael. I can see him being Michael and Lauren's son, and I'm hoping that he turns out to be kind of a Michael Jr. I'd like to see him have a side of him that's really uh, stable and driven, but just be a few clicks off. (laughs) I'd like to see him be a little bit of a trouble starter because that's how Michael was when he was young and Lauren too. Lauren's no angel. So I think it could be good to see him with some dirty wings as well. But that was a side note. After Phyllis and Nick's wedding, it was it was a slight little moment of peace followed by a shakeup, lots of drama yet again because a security guard came and knocked on Phyllis's door, or it was the security guard for the building, came and knocked on Phyllis' door and said, I found this charm bracelet outside here, and I just wanted to see if it was yours. Well, Daniel was in the apartment at the time and recognized right away that it was Daisy's bracelet. I said, how, you know? how did you know it was from here, Mr. Security Guard? And he said, oh, well, the thing is, this entire building has security cameras do he had footage they said can i possibly can can we see this footage and he says sure so phyllis and daniel get a hold of the security footage and they can see not here but see daisy standing outside of phyllis's apartment right after their confrontation right before the wedding And you can see Daisy going back, kind of listening outside Phyllis's door, and then deciding to leave. And they start to connect the dots that she was hearing me scream for pain and did nothing. And first of all, it was wrong of Daisy to do that just because I was defending Daisy a little bit earlier and the fact that I don't think that the you know Phyllis losing the pregnancy was was Daisy's fault what Daisy did was wrong don't get me wrong Daisy that was a horrible evil thing it doesn't matter if someone is your enemy, you're still a member of this thing called the human race. And if you see someone in pain, you see someone writhing in pain, calling out for help, it doesn't matter how you feel about them. You turn around and you help them. And she didn't do that. And I think that says a lot about her character, a lot about her personality. Daniel is pissed. There's no other word for it. He's just straight up pissed at her. And I think he feels guilty too. He's brought this danger into their lives even further. He's the one that married her. He's the one that thought, I'll keep her close and it'll be okay. And that's not how it turned out. He he tried to have the sham of a marriage and she wasn't going to let it be a sham. She was going to try to insert herself into Their lives. And while Daisy had good intentions, I think going to Phyllis before the wedding to ask if she could get an invite, I think it was all about keeping her claws in Daniel. And I think that she showed her true colors ultimately. And uh, she's gonna go down, you guys. If, if She's gonna pay the price for it. There's no question about it. Daisy is, like, not long for this world. <laughs> if, if watching soaps for pretty much my entire life has taught me anything, it's that when you have random characters threatening another character at different points, st- we're gonna have someone die, and it's gonna be a whodunit. And... I think that there are going to be a lot of really good candidates for who might kill Daisy. First of all, Phyllis, obviously. Although she's being a little more calm about it than I would expect her to be, maybe just because she's learning her lesson and she's realizing that you know going after Daisy didn't bring her anything good. So, I don't I don't know. I don't know that Phyllis would go out and kill Daisy Daniel seems to want to be the one who's really ticked off he's going around town saying we need to just get rid of her permanently and by the way we've got Phyllis on uh, tape saying that she just wishes Daisy was dead Do you wonder where this is going and the most probably realistic threat to Daisy and anyone else that gets in his way would be Ricky. He's been threatening her for a couple of weeks, and he's the one that has all these mysterious murders hanging around him, so he is probably going to be everyone's prime suspect. But again, my years of soap watching are, are my Spidey's soap senses are tingling. I think that Daisy is going to be presumed dead. Phyllis, Daniel, Ricky, they're all going to be. Um, assumed to be the suspects by all of us watchers, but I'm going to tell you right now Daisy and Ricky are going to cook up a plan, I think and whether or not Ricky's involved, I don't know but I, I just have a feeling Daisy is going to just fake her own death Everybody seems to be disappearing (laughs) right now. We had a little bit of a mystery this week, which was resolved by Friday. Tim Reed, Dr. Tim Reed, the little wimpy doctor man, goes missing. And naturally... I think the viewers assume it's Ricky. He's threatened Tim on more than one occasion. Phyllis has also been there. She told him he better keep his mouth shut about her past. She's the one with the most to lose. And his his picture starts showing up on all of the news channels. Everybody's wondering where Dr. Reed is and what happened to him. Uh, and Paul is the one who really wants to know the truth. He wants to get to the bottom of all of this. So he goes to Dr. Reed's apartment to look around, and we got to see Brett Butler as the building super, or she's the manager of the building where Tim Reed lived in, and I thought that was really cool. I like her. I wish we could see her more often. She just seems neat. I wish she would come back to Genoa City and be Paul's girlfriend or something. (laughs) I really liked her, and I thought that was fun. Well, Paul goes inside, and he does a little bit of investigating, and he sees that Dr. Reed didn't take his heart medication with him. There's a a full prescription sitting on the desk, and Paul says, well, if you knew you were leaving, why would you not take your prescription? And now that I'm thinking about it, I just had like a little moment of realization that I still think something might have happened to him. We learned later on in the week that Phyllis admitted actually to Avery that she paid Dr. Reed to go away and that's probably where he is. But I don't know, now that I'm thinking about it he would have taken his heart medication. He would have quit his job. He would have gone through some of the steps. I don't think he would have just disappeared. So I think now, now that I'm realizing it, something still seems to be up with this. I think I I thought throughout the week when we first saw that he was missing, I thought he's suicidal. This guy has lost everything he's ever had. He's got sharks circling around him. He seems like a depressed person. He's very private, keeps to himself. He probably has some kind of like weird social phobia or something. He just seems like the guy, the kind of guy that would just go kill himself. I could totally see it. Because I think this is a bit of a red herring. I don't think anybody, I don't think Ricky killed him. I don't think Phyllis killed him. But something is up now that I explore it more. Hmm. I think that's still yet to be revealed. But. Phyllis has every reason to be very, very afraid because Ricky is getting closer to the truth. He's getting closer specifically to the crime she committed many, 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 many years ago when she got to rent a car. and ran down Paul and Christine. Actually, specifically Christine. Paul was there, but Phyllis uh, ran Christine down, never was convicted for it, never was caught for it. Everybody kind of knew that she did it, but she was never caught. Paul was always suspicious of her, of course. Everybody was suspicious to her of her. And Ricky is dig, 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 digging. He goes through, like, he has her bank statements, he's got her credit card receipts, he's got everything. He goes through, he finds a charge on her card from Fifteen years ago, uh, that shows she rented a a, car—a car, a local. She 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 rents a car locally for one day. There are no other charges that that indicate she maybe was having car trouble. So he he sees that little bit of information, and he's starting little by little to hone in on that little secret about Phyllis. Which again, I said last week, maybe the week before, and I'll say it again: Phyllis is going to get caught for some kind of crime, and Michael is going to be in the position of having to prosecute her. Whether it's the hit-and-run thing, or Daisy's murder, or both, (laughs) that's definitely where this is headed, and I'm for it. I think it's going to be good. Um, I have to tell you guys, I am living for Ricky. (laughs) Right now. He is the best character on the show. He and i've gone from hating him i've gone from wishing he, just thinking he was creepy and wishing he was going to go away to thinking he is the most awesome things in sliced bread and that is genuinely how i feel i really like that heather is back in town now and giving him a little bit of a run for his money i saw a lot of negative feedback not from you guys actually but just, you know, looking around on Twitter and whatnot. I saw a lot of negative feedback about Heather. Yes, the hair color is fake. I talked about that last week. It's very fake But... I think that the actress is kind of cool. I like how she holds herself. She seems very mature, very realistic. She's not going to be exciting. She's not going to be a character that we're going to be like, Oh, she's so awesome. But I think she's alright. I Anything anything is better than annoying. And I will accept it at this point. Heather so- seems just fine to me. I'll, I'll go with it. Um, but... I like the rivalry that's being created between brother and sister, and the way... Ricky looks at her, the way he talks to her, gives me the heebie-jeebies, I think gives everybody the heebie-jeebies, and there was this weird moment this week where after she kicked him out of the apartment, that apparently she still holds the lease on that apartment that Daisy moved into and then illegally subletted to Ricky, Heather kicks him out, tells her she wants her apartment back, and Ricky... This is the second time he's been kicked out of an apartment, like, in this month. So, he's not happy about it. He clearly wants revenge. He clearly doesn't like her. He is jealous of her, I think, because of her relationship with Paul. And he has this gift that he wants to give to her. She kind of mentioned to him, maybe we could call a truce. And he just looked at her really smiley and creepily, and said, wouldn't that be nice? Next thing you know, he uses a copy of the key that he has to get into her apartment, sets a gift box on the table, and something on top of the window ledge There's just I don't know exactly what that was. Maybe a recording device. We know Ricky likes to plant recording devices so that he can listen to people. That would give him an in to whatever she's talking about. You know, as far as the Phyllis's case, whenever that comes up, I think he might have planted a recording device so that he can get information about what's going on in the DA's office. But the more explosive part of the story, shall we say, was that after he went to give her this gift, he ran into Paul. And he mentioned to Paul that he recently learned that there was a bomb threat toward Heather just a few years ago that really scared her and that that's why she was in the that apartment in the first place. It was her uh, safe house. And he mentioned it to Paul with just the right amount of malice in his voice. And he even said, I, you know, I I left Heather a gift. It's fine. I'm not mad at her. I even, in fact, went back and left her a gift that I think is going to blow her away. (laughs) Well, Paul sensed right away, and in fact, he's got so, Paul has so much Just absolute suspicion about his son. Suspicion and fear all wrapped up into one. He becomes afraid that Ricky has planted a bomb. That Ricky's just going to blow up Heather. And Paul runs off, alerts the bomb squad, (laughs) and shows up at Heather's apartment just as she's opening the box. Now... (laughs) I really don't blame Paul because I was along for the ride. My heartbeat started going up when when that scene was happening. Like as Heather just just unraveled the bow, I expected to explode in her face or for her... As she she opened up the top and and pulled back the tissue paper, I thought, is it going to be a severed hand? (laughs) What is in the box? And (laughs) there was so much anticipation. Paul busts through the door with the bomb squad just as she's opening it. Like, get away from the ball! Cheddar! And he grabs her and he's holding her. I mean, it's... I would have tried to get her out of the building, but he's just giving her a hug. Like, oh, I'm so glad you're Okay. The bomb squad's looking at the box, and it's a music box. (laughs) He actually did give her a nice little gift, which I I think he wanted to have the gift in case he got caught getting into the apartment to plant the recording device. I think that's what it is. But the bomb thing was just a little bit of an added bonus for him because that's who he is. He is a sick bastard. He loves just throwing them a bone and watching them scramble. He is enjoying this in a sick, sick, wonderful way. (laughs) Now, I got some bad news for you guys. (sighs) I've been looking at my Twitter. I've been looking online. And I learned that Ricky is being written off the show. I have gone through so many emotions on this. I actually found it out just after I recorded last week's vlog. So this information is a bit of a... It's it's like a... a it's become sunken in with me just a little bit. But it doesn't hurt any less because I feel like YNR has done so much work to make him what he is today and fans seem to just be turning around on Ricky. Everybody was kind of like ew at first. And now even the people who were ew at first are like, I'm kind of digging it. And furthermore he's kind of hot. <laughs> and just when we're getting there, they're yanking the, the carpet out from underneath of us. I'm very upset because I like Ricky. He's the most exciting thing that has come onto the show since Adam. And that's a big statement coming from me. I don't want him to leave. The I am just going to have to place my faith in YNR and believe that it's part of a larger plan. I have got to believe that they're going to try to do everything that they can do to bring him back on the scene. I'm kind of hoping, as some of you guys mentioned to me last week, that he will end up being this Sheila Carter type character. Someone that you just can't kill. He's like a cockroach and he keeps like going and coming back. And even if the actor has other projects that he wants to work on, that's totally fine. Let him go do his projects. But f- please, y I-, I just... I beg of you, if you have to let him go, bring him back. While everyone in Genoa City was waiting at Glowworm for Phyllis to show up for the wedding, <laughs> the actually waiting for Phyllis to make some kind of grand entrance. The grand entrance was stolen quite aptly, by one Miss Sharon Newman. Damn! Girl knows how to make an entrance. Her entrance was neon pink, in fact. Just visually, looking at the show just from a visual kind of costume perspective, everyone else had on somewhat muted, kind of some, just, you know, sort of pastel colors. Sharon walks in the door in this neon pink dress that could not be ignored. Like It was a flaming neon lightning bolt. (laughs) She shocked everyone. After Nick told her not to come to the wedding, after Victor asked her not to come to the wedding, she did it anyway. And I, I will say, I was glad to learn that, you know, as soon as she came in, everybody was like, gasp. She makes a beeline for Victor and he says, I asked you not to come. And she, you know, which made me happy because I was really going to be mad if if Nick asked Victor not to bring Sharon and Victor did it anyway. That was really going to tick me off. And I don't need to be any more ticked off with Victor than I already am. But I was glad to see that, and she justified it by saying, I belong by your side. That is my place. (laughs) Bah! It... Has just my opinion on Sharon has totally changed. I think everyone's opinion on Sharon in Genoa City has just been confirmed because the second Victor stepped away, Nikki, you could see in the background, Sharon and Victor were having that conversation. And if you look into the distance, Nikki is looking at Sharon, waiting. She's gritting her teeth, just waiting to be able to say something to her. It was beautiful. As soon as Victor walked away, Nikki made a beeline for Sharon just to tell her that she thinks she's a tramp, just once again to get in a fight with Sharon, just waiting to pounce on her. And Nikki actually got physical with Sharon. She was kind of smacking her arm, just telling her to get out of here. You don't belong here. Just smacking her arm a little bit. And I thought, whoa, I can't believe this is getting physical. And Sharon is doing a really good job of giving it back. Sharon is no longer this wilting flower victim of the Newman family. She's no longer a victim. She's no longer waiting for someone to rescue her. She's coming out with a vengeance, and she's fighting back. She's fighting for her life. She's fighting for her own re- you know reputation. She wants she, And she doesn't care what people think about her anymore. You can think she's a tramp. You can think she's a slut. You can think she's a gold digger, whatever. She doesn't care anymore. She just is going to come at you. (laughs) She's a totally new Sharon. And everybody that comes up to her and tries to shoot little pellet gun, like shoot little pellets of of uh, insult at her, she just bats them away and then fires right back with something else. Victoria. Walked up to her and tried to tell her, you know, you don't belong here. Leave this wedding. You weren't invited. And Sharon, you know, and, and of course, Victoria is saying, you don't belong with my father either. And Sharon said to Victoria, oh, she just has this really cool way now of coming back. She said to Victoria, oh, are you afraid that maybe I'm going to become more important to daddy than you are, Victoria? Burn! And she's getting good at it. Like, it's it seems like why in our... Is making this consorted effort to make Sharon bad. I kind of like it. Like, last, see, okay, here's the thing. I'm of two minds. Because I don't like Sharon and Victor being together in a relationship, but I kind of like bad Sharon. I think that bad Sharon would be a really good match with bad Adam. <laughs> or even good Adam. I don't know, Adam, there was some kissy face play with Adam and. Chelsea this week and I don't know. It's they're all right, I guess. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) About Adam and Chelsea. I'm I'm I miss Adam and Sharon and I want Sharon away from Victor. It's just I their friendship was awesome and it's now just become something dirty and and I like Victor showering presents on someone. I just don't necessarily want it to be Sharon. There was the most awesome scene of the week (laughs) where Victor tries to arrange a surprise gift of a, a horse to Sharon, which I've never seen Sharon be interested in horses. Nikki's the one who's interested in horses. It seems like mentally, Victor has just swapped out Nikki for Sharon. And he's still giving her the same kind of gifts that he would give to Nikki. So he buys Sharon this horse, he arranges it as a surprise, he like blindfolds her and brings her into the stables and is getting ready to reveal this rare breed horse that he bought for her, and all of a sudden she opens her eyes, there's no horse. (laughs) There's no horse on the stable. And they're like, where's the horse? I just I just got, you know, where is it? Victor goes off to call the police to try to find out who, if someone stole it. And while Sharon's standing there alone in the stables, Nikki comes walking in with his big old black horse, sees Sharon standing there, and says to her, um, well, I didn't think you'd mind if I rode him first. <laughs> You seem to be used to that kind of thing. (laughs) Ding! that was good. That was so, so, so freaking good. I just, I am loving the rivalry between Nikki and Sharon. It's needed to happen for a while. I think these two have been hiding their, no, not hiding their feelings, but it's been bubbling beneath the surface. They've never really let loose the amount of hatred that they have for each other. And now it is on. (laughs) It culminated in this huge, stable fight. I mean, they were really, like, hitting each other. They were pushing each other. Nikki pushed Sharon into a bale of hay, dumped a thing of water over her head, sprinkled some baking soda all over her, and Sharon was just... Venomous. Really venomous. I mean, Nikki made comments about Sharon's boobs. Sharon made comments about Nikki's weight. It was just like the ultimate cat fight or a horse fight. or I don't know. It was a stable fight. It was so, so cool. And they just kept going at each other, just fighting physically. Sharon was on top of Nikki, smacking her around. When Victor came back with the police and uh, of course each woman is like arrest her, no arrest her and the officer just says you're both arrested (laughs) takes him off to jail sets him in the same jail cell and we see a scene with Victor approaching Michael telling him he would like if Michael could help him out by delaying the arraignment Victor decides, I'm not gonna let these ladies keep going at this. They're gonna have to work it out. So... Let them sit in a jail cell. Let them rot in that jail cell together, and maybe they'll work something out. Victor secretly loves that they're fighting over him. I mean, it's so good for his giant ego. But I thought it was really cool. I'm I am looking forward to the scenes next week. I, I want to see Nikki and Sharon sitting in that jail cell to get us together more, going at each other. I don't even want them to make up. I don't. I just want them to continue. It's too good to make it end. What do you guys think about Abby giving Jack the money that he needed in order to buy Beauty of Nature from Victor? I was kind of starting to hope that maybe Adam would give Jack the money. I was sort of thinking that maybe Jack will tap out all of his resources and he'll have no choice but to go to Adam because Adam's been sitting around talking about how he wants to do something. He has no business uh, anything going on right now. He's like an investor and that's all. He, he seems to be wanting to get into the game and he hasn't had the opportunity yet. So that's where I was hoping that it was going but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Abby... Is full on ready to invest in this opportunity. She thinks she's becoming quite the little businesswoman just because she has some money. Yeah, how have you got? If somebody gave gave you five hundred million I mean, dollars, you could probably make some smart investments too. Like I don't think it necessarily speaks to your business savvy, but whatever. She's decided to help Jack, and I mean he's her uncle. Problem is, it's making her father really really upset. As soon as Victor even got wind, even the slightest inkling that this is what was going to happen. Victor was counting on Jack not getting that money. And as soon as he found out that it was Abby who was going to give it to him, Victor was ready to go to war. He called Abby, told her to come out to the ranch, and that he wanted to speak with her. And he proceeded to totally pressure her into changing her mind. He, In fact, pressuring isn't even the word. He was threatening her, and in his way. I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, do this and I will. It was just very, it was more subtle, but just obviously saying his, he was disapproving, but it was a threat. I, I, it was a veiled threat. He said to her, you're either with me or you're against me. What kind of parenting is that? Who says that to their kid? You should be there for each other no matter what. She's making a business decision. It has nothing to do with wanting to get back at you. Jack was going to buy Beauty of Nature whether or not he had her help. He was going to find somebody to get together the money. (sighs) At least Abby's doing something. You know, I mean, it just feels like for so long... She's been doing nothing. There was little hints a while back that she had some kind of secret that Deacon knows about, about the night of Diane's murder. But other than that, she hasn't been doing a whole lot. Obviously, the actress was out on maternity leave. But she's been back for a while, not in a relationship, not working. They barely, barely scratched the surface of the Carmine thing. But then now Carmine's gone. He hasn't been here for... Like a month now. They just... Wiener just brings up these storylines and drops them and they float away. But Abby's just done nothing. She's been hanging around Genoa City with no (laughs) storyline. So I'm glad she's doing something. It's better than nothing. Uh, Good for her. Except... That when Ashley found out that Jack went to Abby for the financing, she wasn't happy. And I think rightfully so. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I, I feel like as an uncle, as the adult, Jack probably should have had the, you know, <sighs> I think that Jack loves Abby but i think that he should have not caused this rift i think that he he should have not gone to her he should have seen that this was going to cause problems between her and her father and he should have been the bigger man um and not not asked her to do it But (laughs) the only thing better than getting Beauty of Nature away from Victor is the fact that he's using Victor's daughter to do it. I, I do believe that that's a pleasure for Jack. I don't think it was his sole reason. I think that he justifies it in his head that he's helping her make a great business decision or giving her a great business opportunity. But at the same time, it's about Victor. It's, it, it's, it's as much Jack being, you know, making decisions based on Victor as it is Victor making decisions based on Jack. They hate each other. They always have. It is the one of the biggest rivalries in, in YNR history. Probably the biggest rivalry in YNR history. So you, you can't act like the, he didn't love the fact that he got Abby's money to help him take beauty of nature away from Victor. And Ashley saw right through it, pretty much the way I did. And the only thing that shocked me was that she was very harsh with him when he revealed that he's considering running... Jabot and Beauty of Nature as two separate companies, rather than combining them, which is what he's been saying all along. Ever since he's wanted, ever since Beauty of Nature came into play, Jack Jack has been talking about combining it with Jabot to make it the biggest cosmetics firm in the world. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, he's got it, and he wants to keep them separate. I don't know why. Like, what's the? Do you guys know what the benefit of that is? I don't see how that's going to help him. Why would you want to own two companies that are competing against each other? Is there some kind of reason for that that I'm not seeing? I don't know. But Ashley has determined that it is a conflict of interest. And it is! Jack is a CEO of Jabot and owns a competitor. That's the same reason that they kicked Genevieve out of Jabot. So, it uh, it's uh, makes sense. Ashley's perspective makes sense. It just surprised me a little bit that she didn't handle it with kid gloves. whatsoever. She was like, "I'm not going to have this. If you're going to pursue this, I'm going to go to the board and I'm going to get you voted out and I'm probably going to win." And Jack was not happy about that. He lives, breathes, eats, sleeps Jabot. And the thought of not ha- not being not working at Jabot. He owns Jabot. But I don't know. it is a conflict of interest. I can see it, and I don't think that Jack is going to let it happen at all. I mean, we all know that Eileen Davidson is leaving the show, so I have a feeling Jack's going to fire her It's over. For Tucker and Ashley. Ashley filed for divorce this week. I don't see... You know, Ashley has every right to be upset. He slept with someone else. She walked in on him. She should leave him. I mean, in all reality, as much as I like them, she should leave him. And Tucker should not be surprised. He's lost everything, though. He really has. He's lost his wife. His son is furious with him, won't speak to him. So, I feel a little bit of sympathy for him. I can't help it. Uh, I'm tired, though, of how judgmental Devon is being about this entire situation. Devon, did he had an affair with Tyra while Tyra was seeing Neil, right? He had an affair with Tyra. So I don't see why He's pointing fingers, where he gets off pointing fingers at Tucker for having an affair. It's hypocritical, and it's also out of his place. He doesn't have a right to judge what his parents are doing. He has a right to feel the way he feels, and he can let them know that I'm not happy with this decision that you've made. It has, you know, hurt me, which is not like they don't realize it. Yeah, Devon, you've punished them enough. They get it. But I, I just, I don't think that he has a place to go tell them where to, how to run their lives. And more often, moreover, you don't give love and then yank it back because somebody does something that you don't like. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's being withholding, and it's annoying. <laughs> I feel bad enough, and I think Tucker and Harmony feel bad enough about what happened between them without having Devon rub it in too. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It doesn't have anything to do with Devon. They made mistakes. It has nothing to do with him. It didn't even really affect him. I understand you got your emotions. That's fine, but it didn't affect you. So just back off. All right. <laughs> that's that, <laughs> Devon. <laughs> what I'm wondering, especially now that Ashley's leaving the show, is how are the relationships going to shake up? What What are we looking at here? Because uh, we have Ashley and Tucker broken up. Neil and Sophia are broken up, and we've got kind of Harmony and Sarge floating around there in the middle. So what do you think's going to happen? Um, We also have Genevieve as a player. She was getting a little bit buddy-buddy with Tucker. Um, In fact, she went to the athletic club at one point in the week while Tucker was drowning his sorrows in a glass of probably very fine scotch. And she tried to be a little friendly with him. And he said to her, "Do you still need that money? I'll loan you that money. You need, you need, you know, do you need help? I'll help you." Out of nowhere. I don't even know he knew what she was trying to do was sketchy but all of a sudden he's got nothing else. He's looking for a friend and he's willing to pay for it and Genevieve was like no I don't really need your money but it made me think that we're headed toward a Genevieve Tucker relationship possibly. I don't know. I mean I wonder if he could potentially get close with Harmony though too because he and Harmony have had a couple of encounters that made me think oh mm, they're going to get back together. But Harmony loves Neil. Unfortunately, doesn't seem like Harmony and Neil are going to hook up. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I think Neil's not happy with her decisions. She doesn't feel good about herself right now. She's not in a good spot. And the only one that she seems to really be connecting with a little bit is Sarge. And I'm open to to Harmony and Sarge, but at the same time, I felt like there was a really good, cool chemistry between Harmony and Neil, and I would like to see that happen sooner rather than later. I have two questions. One, why has Genevieve hired Kevin to find out who's draining her secret Swiss bank account when she knows it's Colin, it's obviously Colin. Clearly it's Colin, bet. And two, why is Kevin even doing this? He doesn't really need the money. He wants to get this website of his off the ground, but hes they're finding investors left and right. They've got Genoa City's biggest investor. Catherine is interested. She would give them the money for the whole kit and caboodle. And not to mention, now all of a sudden, Gloria wants to get involved in it. Chloe has approached Abby, and Abby has expressed some interest in being an investor. So, why put your entire life on the line? Your freedom, considering it's something illegal, and your relationship with Chloe, which you fought so hard for. Why would you risk that for money? I, I, like, haven't you learned... That doing things for money is not really worth the trouble? Kevin, need I remind you about Angelina? <laughs> you kissed Angela's butt, became Angelina's babysitter, all for money so that you could buy a house for Chloe. And where did that wind you up? It wound you up on a desert island in the middle of New Jersey, like in the middle of the ocean and off the New Jersey shore. Like... So, at some point, Kevin, you have to start learning from your mistakes, and that's really nice that you're becoming a big brother to Daisy, even though she's manipulating the heck out of you, but at the same time, you still have some work (laughs) to do on your own. I love you, boy. Don't get me wrong. I love you, but you don't need this hassle. Give it up. (laughs) I feel similarly about Lily and Kane. And Genevieve. <sighs> Genevieve actually no, after Chloe learned of what Kevin was doing, she made a beeline for Lillian Kane to tell them all about it. That Genevieve is trying to drag Kevin into her scheme and get her and that she still has these Swiss bank accounts. And Lillian Kane call her and confront her and say, What are you thinking? <sighs> you got off lucky not getting jail time, just having your assets seized. She did. She got off real easy. But now (laughs) you're trying to go around the authorities yet again, like what, a week later? Okay, so you have a Swiss bank account. You want to access your money. I don't expect you to accept poverty. But at the same time, um, maybe you should let a month or so go by, let some of the heat calm down. I mean, I don't think that the ink is even dry on the paperwork and she's off trying to get to her Swiss bank account. You don't think your phone calls can be tracked? You don't think that this is all totally traceable? back to you? And just wait. <laughs> just wait until Lily and Kane learn the complete truth. When they were confronting Genevieve this week, she had, I mean, the Kane was immediately like, well, you want to know who's draining your counts? Obviously, it's Colin. I'll just call the uh, the jail where he, the prison where he's at, and try to find out if he's having any help or what the deal is. And she had Genevieve had to reveal that Colin is out. <laughs> he's not exactly in prison anymore. He's sort of uh, on the loose. <laughs> Oh, Lord, just wait, just wait until Kane and Lily learn the full truth that not only is he out of jail, but Genevieve helped him get out. Okay, podcasterinos. <laughs> I hope that you guys love this week's show as much as I do, did, am. I miss Ricky. I'm gonna miss him so much. I miss him already. He's so cool. So good. Just so interesting to me. He's carrying it, carrying the show for me, and I really, really hope he comes back. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about that. Not only the storylines, but. Tell me what you think about Ricky leaving the show. And if you have any other casting updates, I always love casting updates. Not big on spoilers. I don't like spoilers. I like for my... I don't know. I like my reactions to be completely genuine. When I'm watching, I want it to be authentic. You know, I want to be authentically surprised. That's part of the fun. I don't like spoilers. But I like casting updates. So if anybody knows anything, let me know. If you have any opinions on anything, let me know. I also wanted to ask you guys... If anyone watched the Dallas continuation, um, I you know I I really like Dallas. I watched the first couple seasons of it on DVD several years back, but each season is so long. I mean, I mean, there's like a lot of episodes. They produced the heck out of that show, and I just didn't, I didn't continue getting the DVDs. I don't know why, but I want to really bad now, but um, I watched some of it, and I really, really liked it. I think it's a really good show, and then when I learned that they're kind of rebooting the series, or not even, they're they're continuing on the series. They're picking up the story 20 years later. That's pretty cool, and it's got most of the original characters. So it seems pretty exciting. It's on TNT. It's an hour long. I just thought I'd ask because it's pretty much a primetime soap. You know, it's, it's the same vein. It's the same kind of thing. And I thought that maybe you guys might be watching it. I haven't seen the new episode yet, but I'm totally going to go online and watch it as soon as I have a chance. So if you guys have um, seen it, You'll definitely have to leave me a comment and let me know what you think about that. More importantly, let me know what you think about the old YNR. I am gonna be missing you guys. I think I should be able to do an audio though next week. Moving is so annoying, but I I don't think I'll have my video set up by next weekend. But I'm gonna keep my microphone handy. <laughs> Because the way things are heating up, there is just no way that I'm not going to be able to say what I think. So, again, podcast will probably not be on Sunday. It may be earlier. It may be later. I mean, it's possible I could post it on Friday or maybe even as late as Tuesday. But I think I will say something. So keep checking back on your iTunes or however you're watching or listening. And um, I'm sure that you'll hear something from me. Speaking of iTunes, if you are listening to the podcast and you like it, it always helps me if you go to iTunes and leave me a review there. You can just go to the iTunes store. Type in Young and the Restless and go to the podcast section. You'll find me and it's always totally helps out um, if you guys leave reviews because that's how new people can find the podcast. So please feel free to do that. You can also call in and leave me a voice comment. Let me know what you're thinking about the podcast or the storylines. The telephone number is area code 309-588- Four five six nine. It's country code one if you're outside of the U.S. Or you can go to my blog at yrchatblog.blogspot.com. Uh, you can also like follow me on Twitter or Facebook if you'd like. I uh, I tend to tweet my thoughts about YNR lately actually while I'm watching the show. I will go on to Twitter and kind of tweet what my thoughts are. So and you can even get my thoughts before the podcast. If you're interested in that, my Twitter name is Alice Y R chat. I'm sure you can find me if you look. If you go to the blog, there's links to both my Twitter and my Facebook pages there if you wanna um, hook up with me and talk to me outside of the podcast. Or you can also always send me an email to yrchat at live.com, there's a lot of ways to contact me. So if you feel so inclined, please do. Okay, well, I think that is going to do it for me for this week. I will absolutely be back. If not, I'll be back regularly the following Saturday, Saturday the 24th. Fourth? No, that's not right. I'm not even Saturday. Oh my gosh, I've lost my mind. Uh, I'll be back not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. My mind is off because I'm moving on Saturday. It's like all that I can think about. It's so hectic. But so please send me some good wishes, some happy thoughts for my move because my couch is really big and moving it is going to be a pain in the butt. So (laughs) please send me some, some warm energy, some awesome like thoughts and help me boost me. That would be awesome. Okay. I love you guys. I'll be back to talk to you soon. Everybody have an awesome two weeks, and uh, I'll, I'll see you later. Okay. Bye!